Hello. Hi, Jesse. Haven't met you yet. <laughs> Hi. Is it Lana? Yes, Lana. Lana. Hi, Lana. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <clears throat> are you uh, facilitating the class today? No. No. Oh. Oh. Uh, I don't we don't have a facilitator today. We just we just come together and chat. We come together, but maybe Carla. She's usually our facilitator. <laughs> um, should we begin with a blessing? That would be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shall I do the honors? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, uh, I love creating space with my divine companions. And so if you feel so inspired, you can uh, put a hand on your heart and join me in doing that. And I love doing this because it just helps center in my loving intention in my heart space. And... Let's begin today in gratitude, so grateful for the opportunity to come together, to connect with our brothers and sisters, to create sacred circle, grateful for the technology that connects us, that allows us to be here having this conversation, even though we're not in the same room, same city, same state, perhaps even the same country. And so we begin in gratitude and we offer up any blocks that might prevent us from being fully present here now. Anything from the past that we're carrying with us that no longer serves us in the vision that we're really standing in today. So we cut the cords to the past and we bring with us into this now moment, this present moment, only the wisdom that we can cultivate from our experiences. And we move forward in the light, declaring the truth of who and what we are. We are extensions of perfect love. And all of the divine attributes of God are in us. And so we allow them to come forward now and express freely as our life through this conversation, opening our hearts, opening our minds to what is present right now, and opening our ears to the guidance that's available through this conversation. We invite in our ascended masters and guides and ancestors and angels that work in the light to support us in deepening this conversation and deepening the healing and expanding the perspective. And we dedicate all the healing that unfolds today, all the love to anyone who's suffering right now, anyone who feels alone or isolated or afraid. We send them waves and waves of love and light. And we enjoy this, this experience in honor of them. 
with our hearts open and our minds open and perfect congruency, we go forward in grace and gratitude. I bless every word spoken, every prayer offered, every story shared. They're all tools for supporting us on the path of awakening. And so it is. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesse. That was very beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Jesse, for that awesome prayer. Yes. Yeah. Hey, good. I'm happy to be here. Thank you, Jesse. This is Karen, and uh, I am outside, so I'm going to be participating, but muted, except occasionally when I come in. <laughs> Is that Richard that has the same a similar number to you? Yeah, I'm on here. Richard. Oh, yeah. Okay, there he is. Hi there. Hi. We're on different phones, so yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good, good morning. I have a cough, so I will stay muted as well and join in as I can speak without coughing. Thank you. So where do we begin? Does somebody start by sharing or... I mean, I'm, I'm, I love looking at all these beautiful faces, but I'm sure that somebody has something to say as well. <laughs> My friends who know me know that I always have something to share. So uh, I apologize for the sounds of traffic, but uh, here we go. So uh, I, have a, I love the format of breakthroughs, successes, and do-overs. Uh, and... The miracle that I would like to share was uh, we are out here in New York with my daughter, Jen, and, uh, you know, I have had a pattern uh, running around my relation with her for, for a long, long time. And um, as Cosby pointed out yesterday, uh, there's a spiral going on as the pattern reemerges, and I practice willingness to partner up, take responsibility, surrender, wait for the miracle. So we arrived Tuesday night, and the pattern is usually about having a plan and then having the plan changed. And I feel, I choose to feel triggered about the change in the plan and not being consulted and yet, yet. So, and, um, wait a minute. Um, came up, and I went to bed, and I was like, oh, in that terrible feeling that I get when I relapse, and I think, oh, where's my spiritual practice when I need it? Here I am again, energizing the same pattern. Here it is. Oh, what do I do? What do I do? And, of course, spirit's saying the whole time, you know what to do. Just do it. <laughs> and, uh, so I started doing the Ho'opono prayer. I did. I must have decided wrongly. And, you know, the first few times I did those, I was like, yeah, I'm going through the motions, but I do not have heart-mind alignment. The Holy Spirit helped me to align my thoughts and my heart. And I got still, and I did it. And I thought, you know, again, ego self doesn't see any way out of these dilemmas. I want to retreat. I want to withdraw. I want to be passive aggressive. I want to be blaming. 
and one pattern just gives birth to all of the other patterns of fear and separation. So uh, I did. I got I got to a place where I was like, okay, I'm congruent. I'm going to wait for the miracle, and I went to sleep. The next morning, uh, everything seems fine. And uh, uh, long story short, at some point, Jen comes to me, and she said, so um, I had a conversation with Emma today. And this all went around the idea that Rich and I are to take Emma for the weekend, and that was going to change, and maybe she wasn't going to go. Anyway, she said, I talked with Emma, and Emma is a six-year-old miracle worker, and Jen said, I told her that I've really been missing spending time with her. I have been gone. I've been busy with work, and if she goes away this weekend, you know, it'll just be another time when we can't be together, and I just, I just said to her, you know, what, what are we going to do? And Emma, in her own perfect spirit self, patted her mommy on the arm, and she said, Mommy, it's okay, because even if I stayed home with you this weekend, you'll be busy with Ryan's party, and you have a lot of things to do, and you already told me that next weekend for Easter, you and I are going to have a mommy-daughter day, and then we will have our special time together, so don't worry about it, Mommy. It's all going to be just fine. <laughs> when Jen told me this, first of all, how beautiful that she shared it with me. But second of all, how spirit just came back for me in form to uh, affirm that when I am willing, uh, the miracle always comes. And it always comes in a completely unpredictable form than anything I could have ever imagined. So, uh, you know, that's just the beginning of, of many miracles that have been happening since we have been here these last two days. And um, the other thing I will share is that we can, anybody who wants to address this, uh, got uh, Jennifer's email today about contracts and projects and all of that. And I thought, I felt the resistance. I felt the judgments come up all over again. And I thought, uh-uh, ain't doing that. Went and got a piece of paper, got my pen, wrote them out, had a lot of fun doing it, took a photograph, sent it to her, and said, done. <laughs> and I, I just had so much pleasure in not dwelling in any of my judgments or any of my resistance and just doing it. And so uh, that's why I'm a little bit later getting out here, then I'll be back on the Zoom call in just a few minutes. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Karen. It's very inspiring. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that, Karen. I'm noticing uh, similarly for myself as well that um, the the judgments are coming into my head and then I'm noticing them and I'm like, oh, do I really want to energize that thought or am I interested in possibly healing it? So 
Yeah, thank you for that. That's exactly what's happening for me as well. Beautiful. Linda, how, how's Rudy doing? Um, he's doing okay. We've been um, in and out of the hospital three times in the last two weeks. And um, so we're waiting to find out what his lab results were for today. But um, I'm uh, interested in them coming back as we have resolved the issue and things are going to proceed in a positive direction for him. And um, I mean, it, it's it's been quite a ride the last couple of months or so. And um, but I'm feeling I and I shared this with the my spiritual counselor um, text group that um, the lesson I'm hearing within myself now is that it's is to learn to be okay if this is the new normal. And um, just notice all the little miraculous moments to be grateful for in every day, um, to be incredibly kind and loving with both of us, but starting with myself first, um, remembering that suffering is optional <laughs> and that nothing has to be different in order for me to be happy. I'm um, really focusing on unbotherable, unshakable in my trust and faith that what is happening in each and every moment is unfolding perfectly. And uh, God's divine providence is my favorite saying. So, yeah, thanks for asking. Beautiful. Thank you, Linda. Um, I'm, Linda, I love that you shared that because one of my one of my mantras is, you know, I, I place my future in the loving hands of God where it belongs. Because yes. When I take hold of my future, it is a scary place. And um, I think I, it was Byron, I read Byron Katie quote that, quote that said, all of your fear and anxiety lives in the future. And uh, I think that's the truth. <laughs> so I just have been like, continuing to just surrender it and just do my very best to, you know, cut the cords of the past, bring with me what serves me, and just stay fully present. And when I do that, you know, I experience a lot more peace. But um, I shared uh, I shared uh, in class, and I'm, I'm sort of new to the mix, but this last year, um, Five months ago, actually, to the date, uh, five months ago, my son died. My son transitioned, and um, it was very unexpected. And uh, we, I brought him into the emergency room thinking he had a stomach virus, which he did, but he also had an undiagnosed um, heart. It's a mystery disease. They don't know where it comes from or how it begins. They don't know if it's bacterial or a virus or they, they just don't know what it is. And so it's this mystery disease and it's usually diagnosed after sudden death. And um, he pretty much, he died in my arms. You know, he just, he, it was all of a sudden, he just seemed like he had strained breathing and then he was, he went into cardiac arrest and for the next hour and a half they tried to revive him. But he was seven and a half months, his little body 
his little body couldn't handle it. And so he, he transitioned and, um, but he lived such a bliss filled life that the spiritual is the only thing that makes sense to me. And so much of, um, as a minister myself and someone who has a curriculum and I'm teaching counselors and ministers that, uh, you know, I had so much confirmation about, it was sort of like he gifted me this experience of crossing the bridge from faith to knowing. And, um, and it was really beautiful. And so there's been so many blessings and gifts from the grieving process that have come up and I've really got to like move through it mindfully and allow everything to arise. that needs to arise. And, um, I've really had this experience of just waves, like feeling waves that have come. And then if I give them the space, then they go. But um, last week, my husband and I had a meeting with our social worker. And we said that we're officially open to the possibility of bringing in a new baby. And yesterday, we get this call. And the, the thing with this is that, you know, I've really been affirming perfect baby, perfect time. And that it will be, um, you know, so so I have faith in that. So if it unfolds, if it comes, you know, into our awareness, if it comes into our experience, if the baby comes into our house, it's the perfect baby at the perfect time. And even if I can't, even if there's a lot of craziness surrounding it, I trust it will unfold as, you know, for the highest and best. And I'm really affirming raising a child to adulthood <laughs> this, this time around, be very clear. So yesterday we get a call. And uh, when you do foster to adopt, there's something called emergency placement. And that's pretty much how everything comes down the tubes is they're like, we have a baby. We need to place it tonight. What do you say? And you have to sort of weigh details that you do have to see if this is something because we're holding the space for adoption. So we have to listen to all the details and feel into it and feel like, does this feel like it could go to adoption? And so, Yesterday, we got our first call, and it was about a two-month-old baby girl, and the the thing was that she also had a nine-year-old brother, and so you don't want to separate siblings, you know, because that's, I mean, for obvious reasons, and, um, you know, so we were really talking about it with our social worker, and we're like, and we said, okay, we'll go forward, and we'll bring in the two-month-old baby. And they're, they were going to place the nine-year-old somewhere else and just to see how it pans out and unfolds. But then all of this, my husband started to almost have a little bit of a, like a melt, like a meltdown sort of thing. And um, I could see that like he felt like he was betraying our son in some way. And uh, he felt like he was in this, in that moment, like all this stuff came up for him about, feeling like he was trying to replace our son and how he felt like he didn't want to do that. And, uh, cause he, you know, we were so in love with him. Um, and so we had to call the social worker back and say, you know, in all honesty, we don't see ourselves being able to, to have the bandwidth for a nine year old and a two month old. We don't think that that's going to ever be a possibility in the next couple of years. We'd, take a baby and, and, and nurture it and grow it into a nine-year-old. I don't think we just want to dive right into that. And uh, you really have to, like, get out of any political – you have to, like, dump all the political correctness. You have to dump all of the bleeding heart stuff 
and have to be really honest with yourself on what you can really handle because, you know, uh, and I'm such a, you know, I'm so, you know, I, I just go into like there's a nine-year-old that needs a home and, you know, and so I really like, and my husband pulls me back a little bit saying like, that is true and do we have the bandwidth to handle that and a newborn? Like those are two completely different things happening at once starting tomorrow, you know? And so um, I just share this because in that moment I was able to say, this is not the perfect baby at the perfect time. And if it is, then nothing can keep it from us. If this is our child to raise, I trust that nothing will keep it from us. And I called the social worker and said, we can't, we can't do this today. This isn't right. This isn't the right time or the situation yet. And we want to, you know, really give everybody the opportunity to land in a loving place that will be supportive and conducive to their needs. And so, um, and so, uh, it just brought up a lot of, you know, uh, of patterns of healing of beliefs. And, um, I just share that at the group level, probably just for, prayer and uh and you know i think it's important to allow grief and allow process to be observed and witnessed and so i share that and um yeah and i'm also just open to feedback and insights so thank you thank you for that jesse but what i was thinking was how um you know the experiences are different but the in in the world of form but the experiences are the same that that we're having <laughs> in that there was trauma and manipulating well maybe not manipulate maneuvering yourself through that trauma and walking that fine line of am i am i dealing with it am i really fully feeling it am i doing a spiritual bypass really ready for what i'm pushing myself to be ready for or do i need a little bit more time yeah for sure you know and it takes constant like Checking in with yourself and evaluating it, and in this specific situation, it always feels like it's such like an urgent matter that has to be addressed in that moment, and the pressure of that feels very, it's very intense, no matter what the situation or circumstances, because you know you just you're at Trader Joe's and suddenly you get a phone call and they're like, "There's an infant that needs to come to your house right now. Can you take it?" And it's like. Ah, like, uh, you know, like, uh, can I call my husband? Well, you can try, but we need to know really soon. And it's like, it's just intense. The whole thing is like so like major. And so being able to not, being able to breathe through that and allow it and still, you know, invite in divine grace is, you know, I think that's like anything that, that seems to be unexpected or pop up out of nowhere, you know, just being able to step back, breathe, call in the assistance and, and not feel that pressure. It's it's an it's an interesting experience for sure. Yeah, because the I know in some of the decisions that I've had to make 
where you feel like, is this a decision that a spiritual student would make? You know, <laughs> am I making the right thing that the student should be making? Or is it going to appear that I'm not being loving because I'm choosing something that may be more loving for myself in this moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what did Jennifer call it? Did she say something like dysfunctional compassion or codependent yeah. compassion or something like that? Yeah. Yes. Jesse, I so appreciate your share. Thank you. Because I know that was difficult or challenging to say no. Thank you. I find myself not wanting to say this, so I miss that. It really, it'd be helpful to do it. But that's really resonate with me with the dysfunctional compassion because I've been shown over and over again that the time with my housemate is over. That not over, you know, because it's never over, right? But the time for her staying here is probably, you know, she needs to move on, I guess, has it. She needs to, there's other things for her to grow and for me to grow. And, um, and it's so interesting because as I've been letting go of all this stuff, she, what, what I'm seeing is it, is it she's shifting so I'm conflicted because she's shifting in her perceptions but and um but I'm noticing what she's desiring to the place she wants to go is is coming up but she finds a reason why she can't go there and so it's been it's been coming up in my mind to give her three days notice and I don't want to do that. I I see that she, in a way she's shifting and growing, but um, I'm not honoring myself. It's a tough one. Cause I guess what I'm thinking is it? Cause we're one. How can how can I honor? How can I? Be honoring myself and not doing that with her, right? But that, it's not true. I think, I'm sorry, they're here, and you may hear they're doing the yard work. But, um, um, how do I know that asking her to leave is not in her highest and best? How do I know that your baby, that baby, not your baby, that, that baby, that nine-year-old 
something better isn't waiting for them because you said no. I don't know anything really except I know when I'm shown I doubt that too. And um and I do know and I wonder I think I wanna be helpful. But who how do I know what that is? I think I said that already, but I don't know. So I think this is very helpful. Cause I really need all the support everybody here to really help me support myself. Thanks. So Carla, am I do I hear you saying that you are are you you're feeling like you, you you really would like your roommate to go. But you're feeling bad about asking her of giving her a 30 day notice. You're feeling like it's an unloving thing to do. I think it's kind of, but um, um, I think it's my ego coming because I know that I I'm a, I guess I'm a, anticipating that that would do something like scare her or um no. Yes, I think that's kind of what it is. I think I um, feel that this is happening. I do see she's kind of trying, but I think I need, I think you're right. I think that's, I'm not accepting that this being loving to myself is being loving to her, no matter what the appearance is. That's it. That's the bottom line. That's what I need to hear myself say. <laughs> Thank you. For your you know, Carla, I think you deserve to enjoy the place that you're living in. I mean, and if it, this is your home, you, you, your home gets to be your safe place where you can just feel good, you know. And if, if you have someone living with you that you don't like living with, then it's okay to just say, I don't like living with you anymore. Then you have every right to be like, I trust that your highest and best is no longer in this house because I wouldn't want to live with someone that doesn't enjoy living with me, you know. And even if you're not saying it, we can all feel it if someone doesn't like you. Like you, we've all been in the situation where you walk in, you're like, this person would prefer I'm not here. And so I can't imagine that she wants to live in that scene. And I'll share. My mother moved in with me and my husband when we, before we got married. And there came a point where I was like, I love you more than anything. And you have to go, mom. Like, I can't, you can't be here anymore. <laughs> I can't share a two bedroom apartment with 
you and my new husband. It's sort of harsh in my vibe. But my mom has been my biggest dysfunctional, compassion, codependent relationship in my life. I'm always taking care of my mom. I'm always protecting my mom. But what I realized was I was energizing a story that she couldn't make it, that she didn't have the resources, that she it was going to be scary out there and she would just falter and fail. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to believe that about her anymore because I'm not energizing that story anymore about her. Like she's she's a child of God. All the spiritual attributes of the divine are in her, just like they're in me. I trust that she has a higher power and angels and guides and that she's going to be completely taken care of and whatever healing needs to unfold for her so that she can grow is going to unfold as well. And with that, <clears throat> I helped her find an apartment. And what happened? And today she's living in a beautiful two-bedroom home in the Hollywood Hills. So, like, she did just fine, you know. But she had to have that. I couldn't, I couldn't be responsible for her happiness anymore or her peace of mind. And I definitely wasn't interested in keeping her safe, you know. But I didn't realize that until I finally was like, you know, Mom, you got to go. I don't like living in this situation anymore. And I wanted to enjoy the experience of being married and having that you know, bliss. And so I feel, yeah, it's challenging. The, re the roommate situation can be challenging, but you deserve to enjoy your damn out, period, you know? Can I, this is something I've been reading over and over, and I, I really want, would, would ask if I can read it here. <clears throat> all the energy because alone it seems like I do share but I, I'm asking for all the energy the support of all the group because I really this is what I really want to get okay and I'll just read part of it second half now you've been thinking again at least subconsciously that your real self has no feelings of dislike and have been struggling, trying, and even struggling to accept what you do not like in order to be more true to an ideal self. This is nonsense. <laughs> Can you not see this? All power to affect change comes from acceptance, not acceptance of the way things are, but acceptance of who you are in the present, not through acceptance of the way you want to be, but acceptance of the way you are now. That was very helpful. Thank is you. That a, is that a course of love? So good. Isn't that so good? That changed my damn life. I'm reading that. Because I always, like, would stress out. I'm like, how am I ever going to, like, master unconditional love if I can't even get unconditional like down? Like, <laughs> there are certain personalities that I just don't vibe with. And I think Marianne Williamson said, it was so great, she said, uh, you can know the truth of someone, but that doesn't mean you have to take them to lunch. You know, like, I understand that there are parts of your, your personality that I pre prefer not to engage with, but... I know that you're a child of God and that you're perfectly innocent 
and your personality doesn't tarnish your innocence or your truth. And I love that about you, and I love everything about who you are, but I prefer not to spend time with you. It's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Excellent. Wonderful. Yeah, I've been having a hard time going to that first part of that statement where I love everything about you. <laughs> her truth, though, the truth about her, she's not her personality. We're so much more than our personalities. You know, the truth, the inherent truth in all of us, that's what can we not love? Because it is love. You know, and the truth in us resonates with that, but, you know. This is Deb. I want to speak because I also don't want to speak. I'm exhausted. <clears throat> I feel like I feel like I what I'm going through. Even though I said not my will or whatever's highest good, it feels challenging. It feels like answers to prayers are coming. With, uh, I was diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease, which is an answer that explains so many things. But I started the treatment on Monday homeopathically, and I'm even more tired and I just I don't know how to move forward with ease. Anna Marie, Anna Marie, I think you're on mute and we go. Hey, Anne-Marie, sweetheart, could you mute yourself? Anne-Marie, you are muted. I'm so sorry. Can you can you mute yourself? Well, I'm muted. Well, no. I'm not muted. Go ahead, Deb. It's kind of just like my brain is. <laughs> that noise. <laughs> and I, it, it, I, you know, I started, well, it started years ago, but I, what actually took me to get help was that I went to a, Nia class to have some fun. It's like every time I feel good and want to have a little fun, I get worse. 
<clears throat> but I was in so much pain, I finally picked up the phone and called the chiropractor that uh, someone had shared his name. He called me to tell me she had fibromyalgia, somebody, a friend from 4-H years ago. And when she was talking, I just had this knowing that I was supposed to see him, that he could help. That was in November. She wanted to meet for lunch, and I had family coming in for Thanksgiving. It was too much. I couldn't add in one more thing. And with the holidays, I didn't call him till January, and we played phone tag, and then I dropped dropped it until I took his NIA class in February and <clears throat> the middle of February and when I had so much pain it was like I had a fibro flare and was detoxing and couldn't move it out and when he did some energetic computerized testing and came up with it it made total sense and actually he confirmed four things that I have physically going on that's impacting everything. And uh, so I was so excited. And then the next day, because it's supposedly between 4 and 12 or 13 or 14 month treatment, I just, it's like a roller coaster. It's answers, it's confirmation, and the confirmation is coming in different ways. And just it's it's just one more thing to do, and it's overwhelming. And I hand it up, and I don't know. Anyway, I just ask for your prayers. Then I read Rand's post, and I think. You know, I start comparing, and then I say, no, don't compare. You know, just we're all healing. I certainly don't know what anything is for. So I appreciate any prayers and ideas, whatever. I mean, I so feel about, you know, perfect health, perfect timing, and... I added when you said that, Jesse, perfect timing to thriving because I'm tired of surviving. I don't want to survive. I want to thrive. You know, I said last never fall or something. Either this has got to get easier or I'm done. <laughs> so I, I really believe I opened the door. And that this will make a huge difference. It's just um, whatever courage to get through it. I've been using the blue water, I've been calling on the angels, the archangels, I've been just handing it up. 
nothing, I don't feel shifts like I used to. I'm breathing violet flame. I just don't feel shifts. I want to isolate. I feel myself pulling back from this group. Thanks. Thank you, Deb, for sharing. Go ahead, Jesse. No, I was just going to share it, say the same thing. Thank you for sharing. You know, sometimes, I, and I know I'm talking today, but I'm just vibing you guys. Um, when I feel like I'm in crisis, which it feels in this a little bit like that's sort of the what I'm getting from you. And, you know, chronic illness is such a challenge. You know, it really is. And I just really have so much. My heart goes out to you, Deb. It really does. And um, I just, uh, I mean, it just says to me that you're just a spiritual juggernaut. And, you're, and you are going for it because this is a big, big, big platter to be put in front of you. And, um, but what I, uh, I was going through some real crisis and, um, I went so back to basics, like basics, basics. And my friend said to me, remember, you get to choose the thoughts you think. And I was like, you know what? I do get to choose the thoughts I think. And I'm, you know, of course, miracle calls it the proper use of denial. Like I'm going to deny all of the stuff that is going to bring me down that awful path of wanting to throw myself off a bridge. And so I literally, I, I had a craft corner moment and I just started making these affirmations and posted them all over my house. Like I couldn't open a cabinet without an affirmation there saying, you know, I get to choose the thoughts I think and I'm only choosing thoughts that feel loving and affirmative, you know, or I'd open the refrigerator and it would say, um, I place my future in the loving hands of God where it belongs and open a drawer and it would say, I expect miraculous news today, you know, and so it was just everywhere I got was just a reminder of um, the truth because I know that what I place my attention on I'm going to experience more of, and it feels like, it feels like, you know, spiritual Olympics, but, uh, I mean, it's so easy to get pulled down, I mean, because if we look for evidence of why it's awful, or why this sucks, or whatever, we're going to find an endless amount of it, because that's just what the ego does, you know, it takes you down that hole, so it really does feel like it's, a constant practice of I'm not thinking that this is what I'm interested in. I'm not thinking that because this is what I'm interested in. And I get to choose the thoughts I think. And so that's one place where I have real power in my life. And so um, that has helped me so much. And even with, you know, grieving Caden's loss, I allowed myself to be present to the feelings that arose because I wasn't going to do a spiritual bypass but when I started going down the thought process of this shouldn't have happened and who's to blame for this 
that's when I would cut it off and say, Mm-mm, no, I'm not going to let anger rule my life. I'm not going to do it. And I trust that this was supposed to happen because it happened. And so I'm open and available to see the why and see the how and to, to harvest the, the, the blessings out of this. And um, not going to go down anger path, anger road because it's too easy and it's too painful. And that's not the life I'm committed to living, you know. And so it was just like, and I don't care if anyone would walk in here and be like, this person's a crazy person with all these states everywhere. And they, that's fine. They can think that. But I'm, one, I'm so committed to, like, staying focused on what I'm interested in because that's what I'm going to multiply in my life. And, um, you know, honey, I, I'm holding you in prayer because it, I don't want to, you know what, I'm not going to energize that this is challenging because you're dead. You're dead cluter for the love of God. You know, you're a spiritual goddess rocking on this planet. You know, this Lyme disease ain't nothing when it's, when it's dead cluter. You know, you got this. And you got a posse of people here that's going to know that for you as well. Honor your, we're going to honor your process. We're going to lift you up. And we're going to know that, you know, healing is peace of mind. And that is, that is what we're knowing for you. I'm knowing it for you. Thank you. I, I mean, the challenge here, I'm using the word you're using. I can't even think half of the day. So how can I choose my thoughts when I have like little brain function, you know, no little energy. And yeah, I, it feels like spiritual Olympics because it seems like continual. I'm, Trying to reverse the thought, you know. Deb, Deb with Karen. Oh, sorry. Um, so, I am so grateful for your sharing, and uh, really the sharing of everyone. I, I this is such a beautiful and authentic call for me. I, uh, I, I would like to share first of all as your prayer partner. I am available. And uh, I'm just a text away. And, um, you know, I was moved by your, by that feeling of, um, you know, perhaps, you know, feeling distance from the group and so on, which is, you know, Marianne Williamson also talks about cancer. And it's that cell that says, I can go it alone, only to find out that, you know, we really can't go alone because we aren't separate. And so when I feel down, I, it is always my go-to thing to separate and to not bring other people down and to energize that pattern of I'm not good enough and I'm failing at this, when in fact the very thing I'm supposed to do is ask for help, ask for help, ask for help. And help always comes um, when I ask for it. And, um, and then the other thing I want to share is that Today, when I did write down my contract and I did write down my project, um, I found, again, the power of writing. And uh, there's something very powerful about writing my contract. I can do it by heart, but there's something very powerful about writing it and about writing what are the negative patterns that I want to uh, let go of, to really just write them down, bring them to light, and say, there it is, there it is, there it is, there's that pattern again. And somehow that helps me to distance it, my, my pattern of blaming. Um, boy, once I brought that to light and put it on paper, I got lots of practice. 
and now it's not very powerful anymore. Um, the power of, or the pattern of, um, you know, of judging. I mean, <laughs> just judging, 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 but really using that now as the opportunity to do, do the U-turn and to, to say, what's coming up for my healing? So, you know, what I know is that what we are feeling is ego, and ego passes. Ego always passes when we bring it to light, which is what I, it appears we're all doing today, is bringing to light these things that no longer serve us and asking each other for help and prayers in remembering the truth of who we are. Thanks, Karen. Um, I just wanted to share, Deb, um, that I totally relate to what you're going through. And I've just been, I think most of you know, through this period myself of um, being quite ill for quite some time. And um, in terms of having a fever and, and being on antibiotics and just being really, really sick and alone. And so I... I understand that period of going through just not having the bandwidth or the cognition to make a choice, like to just feel so unwell that I I knew what I had to do, but I didn't have the physical, emotional, or mental cognitive energy to make that choice. And so what, what I really found did help me was um, – and, and through all this, I was completely alone. And so I felt all this strong, strong um, thought patterns of separation, which, which for me was the hardest. It's just feeling so separated from the group, from friends, from family, because I was just too unwell to be around people. But what, what helped me the most was that I started talking to myself as I would a little child, like a little three-year-old, like, honey, you know, you're going to be okay, honey, like, sweetheart, let's just have a cup of tea. Let's just do that. And it was kind of that moment to moment through the day and through the night, how I would guide a little three-year-old through that process was, um, I think that, that's kind of what got me through was just that self-love was just more and more and more self-loving um, because that feeling of separation was just awful. Even now when I think about it, 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 uh, it scares me because I just felt that I went to this very, very black place of complete separation and, um, I also think it's it's just part of the waking wakening up process is is to at least my wakening up process obviously that's a part of it because that's what I experienced and I went through that twice because I had two different infections and so um yeah again I was just kind of going to that dark place and walking myself through it with thoughts and and sometimes just saying it out loud all those loving things to myself just the self-love so that that's what I feel kind of pulled me through it thank you 
Thank you, everybody, really. And I, that, I have, thanks for reminding me about that because I, I do talk to my inner child or whatever you want to call that. And I mean, I, ha I was already feeling isolated before this happened. I, mean, I just, then I pulled back because I could not process too much uh, stimulation. I, I, could I couldn't process. And so I pulled back and isolated more because that's what brought me peace. And it was part of that. I'm taking care of me. And it was, there's also a piece for me that's about, I'm yours. I'm on my knees. I'm flat on my back. I'm, I'm whatever. You know, it's another level of surrender. Uh, well, Deb, I, our um, prayer partnership has been long-lasting, and I am so glad for you to be my prayer partner, and you already know that. Um, I can so relate to feeling... Um, separated and the desire to give up and it's too much and I don't think I can do this and um, on a lot of levels I've kind of shut down but through it all I haven't given up uh, I guess my what's working is this really wanting to be resting and surrendering um, more and more, knowing that when I do, the goodness that is there for us shows up. And all the while, I'm learning the insights and the incredible um, growth that I feel I'm having is showing me to keep showing up. And I use that word because I feel like uh, this class and this loving group are not only my uh, lifeline and my prayer partners in little circles. Um, I am so compelled and drawn and on the other hand, there is this, this piece of letting it all go. Um, I'm just wanting you to know that you are not alone. And um, I relate so much to your share. And uh, even as I share this myself, I'm so excited for things um, that seem like I'm understanding and that I can actually start practicing and, and shifting. So the, the fact that I'm still receiving um, insight is helpful, but it's, it's about falling back and resting and relaxing into that center. That seems to be the most helpful for me. And it's, 
the words that I've read in Jennifer's blogs uh, about meeting myself where I am with loving compassion and forgiveness. And I, I love the thoughts of that, and I've just decided, well, now you need to practice that. And so um, I've got that in my pocket with so many other tools, but right at the moment, trying to remember to meet myself uh, with love, deepest love, deepest compassion and forgiveness, and just be where I am with that, and that's all I have to do, and then just to surrender and rest. I, I love the word calm because it really, for me, that word, uh, I said it all the way to the retreat last fall. I am staying calm no matter what, and it works so beautifully. So I, uh, calming my nervousness and my anxiety and my nerves and all of that. So I, I just share those tools with you um, as I feel like I share the same things a lot. But um, just know that I love you and I feel you're pulling away uh, from me personally. But maybe that's my own thing. And uh, I might be uh, texting you more than you would like. That's all I can say. I'm pulling up. I have pulled away from. I'm come back in just for self. I'm not pulling away on purpose. Feel that. This is Linda. I would just like to add that uh, in the in the moments when you can feel yourself going into what negative thoughts and um, emotions that you're feeling that you judge as negative because only because I'm doing this myself. Um, just to love that as well and know that it really is, it is the divine alarm clock that Jennifer talks about. I know that um, like right before this call, I had a conversation with the, nurse practitioner at my mother's PCP office. And I, I already had talked to her on the phone once for about half hour, 45 minutes. And then this conversation was another hour. And then you we were wrapping up the conversation and she's saying that she wants to have another conversation. And I could feel like this anger and frustration welling up in me. I'm like, lady, I don't have time for this. <laughs> it's going through my head. And when I notice that thought coming up I could see that even though it felt like a negative thought or negative emotions that were arising that what it was calling me to do was to ask for my preference and so I, I basically told her that uh, because she wanted to go over my mother's medications I said how about if I email you a list of her medications and then if you have any questions you can email me back because I did not really wish to have another hour-long conversation with her on the phone. And so 
you know, after I got off the phone with her, I'm like, okay, so I was feeling frustrated about that call. And I could judge myself for being frustrated and judging her for wanting to have another call. But really the frustration and the judgment and the anger was a, a blessing because it allowed me to ask for what my preference was, which was not to have another conversation on the phone with her. And, um, you know, so I, I, and I've been noticing that too with all the uh, hospital visits with Rudy, like the other day, um, the doctor told him at 10 a.m. that he was going to be able to be discharged. And uh, like two o'clock in the afternoon, we're still sitting in the room waiting for them to discharge us. And, you know, so I just, I went to the uh, nurse's desk and I told them, you know, we've been waiting since 10 a.m. for his discharge. And, you know, I was, I was as nice as I could be. And the nurse said to me, I'm, you know, I'm so grateful that you're being so kind about this because other people would be irritated or shouting or whatever. And I said, that doesn't do anybody any good. Um, you know, that would just accelerate my frustration that we're still here. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I would just encourage you because it's been my experience as well, just to embrace those um, feelings and emotions and thoughts that come up as negative and, um, ask them, what are they here to tell you? What am I supposed to learn from this? What is it that I'm supposed to do or say in this moment that's loving to me, first and foremost, because as I'm loving myself, I'm loving everyone else. And then I can share that love with everyone else. Thank you for that preference reminder, because that, that, that helps Felt yeah. a shift just with that as I started writing down a few. So, yeah, and I have to say that I, I'm uh, with Jesse on the whole idea of feeling like if somebody went through my house and saw all the little notes that I have all over my house and taped inside my car that are <laughs> positive affirmations, that they would think that I was a crazy person. But you know what? I don't care because if it helps me to remember who I am and remember the truth, then you can think I'm crazy as much as you want to. <laughs> and I've got poems and posters and, but I probably, it would be helpful to add post-its. <laughs> I've done that in the past. I haven't done it lately. Thank you, everybody. I really appreciate it, everybody. I think this is a good opportunity to, because I'm, I, I <clears throat> hear the something in my head <clears throat> and I'm not going to energize it, but I need to go. 
So uh, we can either, you know, if anybody else agrees, because it's after 10, um, if we can pray out or, or, or I can go. I'll go. Thanks. Oh, I thought you were going to pray us out. <laughs> Me? Oh. Yeah, because I, I have to go, too. I have a call at one thirty. Okay. Hand of my heart. Present to the now moment. Thank you. Thank you. For my willingness, my willingness to be heart and mind congruent, my willingness to be open to new possibilities, to seeing the truth that isn't everything. Open to the love that is extending to me in every situation that I can extend back to every situation and myself. In my reactions and choose, choose how I am interested in responding. And we're noticing, 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 grateful, noticing this conversation and grateful for all this sharing, all this authenticity. Support us in our growth, in our awareness, in our love. And we ask, 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 ask for support. Ask to remember to ask. Support ourselves. And in supporting ourselves, we are supporting the whole world. And we share all this acceptance, all this love, growth, expansion, willingness with everyone because we are one in grace, gratitude. We are allowing it to be. Amen. Thank you, Carla. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Prayers for all of us. Amen. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone. So good to see you, Diane. I missed you. Oh, thanks, Robin. Thank you. Thanks, sweetheart. Yeah. It's great to be back. I've, I really have missed everybody. Um, but I, I understand um, what Deb was saying just in terms of just not having the energy to, to – and I didn't want to show up and just put my name there. So, yeah, I'm feeling – I've got the strength to come back and 
I'm, I'm so glad to see you. And I, and, I, and I surely understand. So, but it's good, good, good. I missed you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay. Miss Bye you. now. Bye, yeah. sweetheart. Have a good week. Thank yes. you. Bye.